of your tail, I want to knit you some trousers. Well, little Susie, aren't you the curious one? I get the stories from many places. Some I find at the morgue, others I scrape off the bottom of a shoe. I find them all over the place. You just have to keep your eyes peeled to find the good ones. And lastly, the dimensions of my tail are eight and a half by twenty ghoul yards, which is equivalent, of course, to ten football fields multiplied by sixteen stacked Rubik's cubes. So there you go. Our first story is called The Waking. <laughs> A while back, I used to work for this excavation company that did work all around the country. Whenever we were awarded a project, they would basically tell us of a job opportunity and see if we were willing to go. Sometimes it was in larger cities and sometimes in the middle of nowhere. It wasn't great traveling, but they paid for everything and set us up for rooms to rent in the cities we worked in. I didn't mind it much until this one trip I still wonder about. We had been offered a large project in a small town along the west coast. I can't remember much about the project. Along with the NDAs we signed, they never wanted to tell us much about it. All that we were told was that there needed to be some sort of underground structure where we were digging. So the goal was just to reach a certain depth and width and go home. We were set to head out late December and would work through March to finish excavation. They told us we wouldn't be able to return home for most of the project, so they offered us some perks for going. One of them was setting us up at this farmhouse right along the dig site. I wasn't that excited about it, but I couldn't say no to the money at the time, so I went along with a few other co-workers to manage the project. We got out to the location on schedule, and everything was going well initially. Things at the job site were going as planned, and we had plenty of help and equipment out there. So, in comparison to other jobs, it was pretty nice. 
The main thing that was different, though, was the place we were staying at. It was this huge five-bedroom house that sat nearly on top of the dig site. It was set to be demolished once we were finished, so they told us we were lucky to be there. The nearest house had to be about a couple miles down the road, so at night, when work stopped, we really felt like we were alone out there. It was different than anything we were used to, but it was pretty neat at first. Things were turning out well. Work continued on schedule, and we hadn't run into any problems. But gradually, it seemed like staying that close to the job site began to bother us. It started with our sleep patterns. We had gone on quite a few trips like this, and were pretty used to getting over any kind of time difference. But for some reason, it never seemed like we adjusted right. What was strange was... We seemed fine for the first week of work. We had gotten over any kind of jet lag in a few days, but as weeks went on, we started waking up feeling like we hadn't slept the night before. We did our best to work like usual, but at times it seemed people noticed that there was something wrong with us. The sleeping problems hit one of my co-workers particularly bad. He was so exhausted during the day that we would catch him sleeping either at his desk and sometimes even while working on equipment. It was pretty dangerous. At nights, he wasn't any better, and even began sleepwalking, something that he said he never had problems with before. I remember one night, he went to bed a bit earlier than us. A few hours later, he came out of his room and began pacing through the house. Eventually, he started going up to every single door and opening it. Then, eventually, he simply walked back to bed. We all thought it was pretty funny, but he never liked hearing about it the next day. Looking back, there were a few things that probably contributed to our sleeping problems. For one, the area had these horrible microclimates. There were warm and cold fronts that would come in at all hours of the night. It could be cool for a couple hours, and then suddenly a warm front would come in, and the area would get muggy and hot. The house didn't have any air conditioning or central heating, so we would resort to opening windows and try and let a breeze in, but it never seemed to help much. On top of this, at night, from time to time, we began hearing equipment at the job site turn on and off. The first couple of times we thought someone might have been working, but eventually decided to call it in to see if there was any problems. The technicians couldn't find anything wrong, so... We eventually just got used to hearing it. We continued on through the project, and even though things didn't get any better, the job eventually began wrapping up, and we were set to go home on time. We had made it to the last week and were finished with all our major responsibilities, so got to spend more time away from work. Despite this, we were all still tired, and the weather seemed to get even worse. I remember the second to last night was particularly bad. It got so hot around the area that I decided to sleep out in the rental car just for the air conditioning. At some point during the night, though, things began to cool off, and I woke up and decided to go back inside the house to sleep in my bed. It had to be around 2 o'clock, so I figured no one would be up, but I had a key to get inside. I remember getting into the house, I immediately felt like something was wrong. The television was still on, and it looked like at some point someone had fallen asleep either on the couch or the floor, 
and had simply gotten up to go back to their bedroom without putting anything away or turning anything off. I figured I'd walk around the house a little to see if anyone was up and maybe was going to come back to the living room. At one point, I walked past one of my co-workers' bedrooms. His light was on and his door was open. I looked inside, but he wasn't there, so I figured he must have been up. The kitchen light was on, so I walked over to see if he was there getting something to eat, but didn't find him there either. It was quiet, and I don't know why, but even then I was filled with this uneasy feeling. I decided to let it go and get back to my bedroom, but after turning off the kitchen light, I was able to see through the window into the backyard behind the house, and I couldn't believe what I saw. Three figures appeared to be standing in the center of the yard that overlooked the job site. I couldn't make out what they were doing, but from the look of their stature, I could tell they were my co-workers. I walked up to the sliding door and opened it. From where I was, I could tell it was definitely them. I remember waiting for them to acknowledge me, but instead they just stood there. It looked like their heads were tilted back as if they were looking up at the night sky. Eventually I spoke up and asked what they were doing, but they didn't reply. They just continued standing there. I shouted to them, but they didn't show any signs that they heard me. For some reason, even though I knew they were my co-workers, I got this feeling that I didn't want to approach them, that there was something wrong with them. I waited for a time, but they didn't do anything. I finally decided that I had to walk down to see if they were okay and what was going on. I remember as I walked toward them, some equipment turned on in the job site. It startled the hell out of me, but again, they didn't acknowledge any of it. I wanted to ask them simply what was going on, but all I could get out here and there was a yelp as if I was taunting off a feral animal. I shouted as if trying to scare them into acting typical. I finally reached them and under the starlight could make out their faces. They seemed to be fine but didn't look at me at all. They only gazed up into the night sky with this look of anticipation. I wanted to reach out and shake one but just as I was moving to do this I felt something cold on my back, like a prick of a needle, and eventually everything went blurry. We all woke up the next morning in our beds as if nothing had ever happened. I spent the entire next day explaining to them what I had saw, but none of them believed me, and they even seemed a little mad, saying I was making it all up. We wrapped everything up at the project and got back home, but things were never the same between me and my co-workers, so I eventually left the company. I thought I would never hear from them again, until this one night I got a call from one of them. I remember his voice was hoarse. I initially thought he was just calling to catch up, but eventually he started to apologize. Apparently. Ever since the trip, he hadn't been himself. He had trouble sleeping, 
and even started sleepwalking. Once a month or so, his family would catch him getting up from bed in some sort of a trance. He would always go out in the backyard to simply look up at the night sky. What a tingler. I think I just soiled my pants. Susie, if you're listening, please knit those trousers soon so I don't have to float around in these gross pants. It's not easy to find a good pair of pants when you're a ghoul. The next story is called The Package. (laughs) Waiting, waiting, waiting. I'm so sick of waiting, I said to myself with equal parts frustration and boredom. I'd cleared out all my plans for the day just so I could receive a package at my apartment. It wasn't even anything that exciting, just a new jacket I'd bought online. Ordering the package was easy, but waiting for the package was not so easy for me. Whenever I heard the slightest sound resembling a package being delivered, I'd run to the front door and look to see if my package had arrived. I realized this wasn't the healthiest thing to do, to obsessively check for a package. So I sat myself down on the couch, turned on the TV, grabbed my laptop, and did anything I could to distract myself from obsessing over the delivery of my package. To comfort myself, I dangled one of my hands over the side of the couch and let my cat rub itself against my hand. My cat Carlo always knows how to comfort me. Suddenly, an announcement blared on the television. This just in, man on the loose. Unstable man, known as the Fulton City Ripper, has escaped from a mental hospital in Fulton City. The suspect is four foot eight, has shaggy gray hair, and is considered extremely dangerous. Authorities should be alerted immediately if any information concerning the whereabouts of the suspect are known. Fulton City? That's only five minutes from here. Well, Carlo, it's a good thing I ordered this jacket online so I don't have to go out there. This time I felt no rubs on my hand from Carlo. Suddenly I heard a loud noise coming from the far end of the apartment towards the back door. Carlo, always up to no good. I continued surfing the internet. Then I heard another sound. My package! I quickly ran to the door and looked through the blinds, but saw no package. This is torture. I want my package already. I'm sick of waiting. I sulked my way back to the couch and plopped myself down. I know, I'll check the tracking. I grabbed my laptop and looked up the online tracking for my package. Arriving today by 9 p.m. Well, that's no help. It's only 1.13 in the afternoon. Ugh, it's taking forever. As if to reassure me, I felt an affectionate furry rub against my dangling hand. Out of habit, I checked my phone to see if any notifications popped up, but saw nothing. So I went back on my laptop and lost myself once again in the ultimate distraction that is the internet. An unknown amount of time went by when suddenly I realized something. I had to pee really badly. So I ran over to the toilet to relieve myself. While I was peeing, I heard another noise. My package! I was so excited that I stopped midstream and ran to the front door. I looked through the blinds and, to my astonishment, there was a package. 
I opened the door, scooped up the package, and quickly closed the door, returning to the safety of my apartment. As I put down the package, however, I realized something wasn't quite right. First of all, the package wasn't sealed properly. The box flaps were open and bobbing freely. Thieves! Someone was tampering with my package. Hope they didn't take anything. But then I noticed there was no shipping label or any markings on the box. It was looking pretty beat up, too. Well, I may have to order another jacket. This stinks. Actually, it literally stinks. What smells so bad? I opened up the package and almost fainted at the sight. My beloved cat, Carlo, was in the box, only he'd been ripped to pieces and was now nothing but a heap of blood-soaked clumps of fur and dismembered appendages. Just then, I heard a sound come from near the couch. I looked over, and peeking over the couch, just barely visible, was a head with wild ash gray hair and a pair of wicked red eyes that seemed to smile at me in the most unsettling way. <laughs> to tell you the truth, I'm more of a dog kind of ghoul. I mean, I like cats, but there's just something about dogs that make you feel good. Maybe because they're always so happy to see you. And cats sometimes don't show that kind of enthusiasm. They usually greet you more subtly. Also, I absolutely love cat stew. It's one of my favorite meals. Dogs just don't taste as good to me for whatever reason. But don't quote me on that. Well, anyway, thank you for listening, my fellow ghouls. And we'll see you next time.